Today on the show, it's been a great year for video games, especially if you're blind or have trouble using your hands. We're going to talk to gaming accessibility consultant Victor Dima about the steps forward and steps back from this year in video games. Plus, it's all the news from this week in accessibility. Welcome to the show. The holidays have officially arrived. I'm Des Delgadillo. And I'm Louis Doe. Let's jump straight in. There's not a lot of news this week, so we don't want to hurt ourselves jumping into the pool. So let's just dip a foot in to get started. And let's talk about rock and roll. Kiss is the first band to digitally replace themselves. That's right. They're using avatars to virtually depict themselves that are used using uh, motion capture suits, the way you, you see in movies these days. These guys have retired. They've called it quits. They're no longer rocking out in person, but there are going to be plenty of people still able to watch Kiss virtually for generations to come. I think Gene Simmons put it best where he said, Paul Stanley is going to be able to jump higher than he has ever jumped before. Lewis, you and I love going to concerts, and I know it's um, not the easiest for everyone to get to a concert. I'm thinking this this kind of innovation, starting with Kiss and probably spiraling out to all sorts of other bands, is going to give so many people the opportunity to have uh, an experience that they may never have had otherwise. I agree. And I think uh, since the global health event uh, in 2020, we've really changed the way we interacted as a society. People with disabilities have been clamoring over the years for remote work, remote recreation, things like that, just because not everyone has the ability to leave the home. Uh, some people can't because of chronic illnesses. Other people can't because they don't have transportation. Uh, for example, let's say if you're living across the world and because we're so interconnected one of your favorite bands is kiss or insert another band uh, the, the name of another band that, that you like and you would never be able to see them in person um now you can get closer to that but on the flip side of that i'm i'm worried about where our uh, societal interactions are going because as great as virtual interaction can be, and you and I both work remotely and we, we both enjoy it for its various benefits. Love it. Uh, I also think being connected, being in one room together, being in the same spaces um, is also important. So I, I hope we don't, uh, we don't lose sight of that. And there's, there's a way where we can uh, have our cake and eat it too, as it were. And that's another thing, too. I, I I go to concerts all the time, and it's so difficult to have a damn conversation. Like, even just to talk about, I love this song. This this I hope they play more songs off this album. Good luck trying to get your friend to hear that um, when you're at a concert. And that's kind of a cool thing that I, I like to think about, is like being able to actually chat about the content of the show you're watching while it's happening, without having to yell into somebody's ear. Agreed. And I think it's going to make uh, festivals more accessible, too, because oh yeah, you've, you and I have, bo have both been to uh, concert festivals where it's, it was just a nightmare trying to 
get to the the right stage and 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 watch the 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 right act at the right time, right? But this way, it gives you more options. You can you can watch, uh, I don't know, Iron Maiden on stage one while Metallica is playing on stage two. But then you can later on uh, view the the archives and and uh, and enjoy Metallica. We talked last week about Gemini, the new um, large language model that Google's training Bard on, as well as uh, making it available on the Pixel phones um, starting next year. And a lot of really interesting stuff that came out from it. And um, first of all, company is under a little bit of fire um, when reports surfaced that the demo video that we were talking about last week. And remember, I did say, take take this with a grain of salt. And in fact, it was a little bit salty because it turns out that the video was, I don't want to say faked, but edited for sure. Um, I guess to cut down on some of the delay times, which I expect, but people took that, it took that to mean that they were, they were being um, false representatives of the information that they were giving. What do you, do you fall one way or the other on Google editing those videos? And, and just for, I guess it was just for brevity. When I watch demonstrations, I think I expect them to be edited. I, I think uh, unless it's uh, explicitly stated, um, I expect every every demo that I'm watching to be edited and, and polished uh, in one way or another because they they're they're looking to sell this product. They're looking for people to buy in, so they're going to try to present the product, whether it's ChatGPT or Gemini. Um, in, in the best light possible. And I think you and I have, have you know, from the the uh, assistive technology lens, we've, we've listened uh, and watched many demos before that promised a lot and were edited. And then we, we, we know, we knew that the reality uh, versus expectations wouldn't all, always uh, align. No, that's for sure. And I think that's happening right now. Um, Google creating some new expectations along with people who are starting to play with with Gemini. Uh, BBC put out a, a YouTube video where supposedly Gemini is able to reason and think more carefully than GPT-4. Now, we're not saying that AI is able to reason and think on the level of a of a human. That's apparently what's called AGI, which I just learned about last week. Um, but this is just saying that since it's able to do math and solve more difficult math equations, it's showing that AI is becoming able to reason on a level beyond just uh, recognizing patterns. I think right now as we're, we're looking at uh, all these AI models coming out, ChatGPT, GPT-4, Google Bard being the ones we've discussed thus far on the show, all these approaches, all these models are going to be scrutinized. And not all of the criticism is going to be valid. Let's go to our final story for the week. And it ties in very neatly to segment two, which is coming up with uh, Victor Dima. And we're going to talk all about gaming and its accessibility in 2023. But Insomniac Games, the makers of the Spider-Man 2 video game, took to X 
today and announced that the long-awaited December update to the game would be delayed until early 2024. Now, um, so some of you might know that the update that was supposed to come out in December actually was the one that boasted audio description for the uh, cutscenes for gameplay and some other accessibility uh, additions that were not present at the initial release of the game. So people have been waiting for this. Um, some people have been a little more patient than others, and it looks like we're going to have to be just a little bit more patient. And I wish, so we spoke with Victor uh, maybe about two days ago, and I wish that we had gotten to talk to him um, with this because I know he was really excited, and I think he's really disappointed right now to hear that this news um, is going to be delaying the game a little bit. Lewis, I know you're not a really big game fan, so I'm going to go ahead and just give you a break. Why don't you uh, step outside and uh, go t go make a couple of phone calls, and we'll get you back after. I'll go play guitarist. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Victor Dima, a gaming consultant, all about the year 2023 in video games. Hi, this is Carrie from Carry On Accessibility. I deep dive on accessibility tools, settings, apps, and review products to test how accessible they really are. From headphones and clocks to the explosion of AI tools like Be My AI to what's new with iOS or Android or the up and coming Vision Pro, everything is open for discussion. Come and check it out on the Carry On Accessibility YouTube channel. So one thing that we've talked about a lot already on the show is accessible gaming. And I think the year 2023 has been a huge year um, for gaming and a huge year in particular for people with disabilities getting to access more games. So I have somebody who I've been admiring from from afar, from on LinkedIn and his website that I, lo I love to read his blog sometimes. And uh, so it's, an, it's a nice treat for me to actually have him on and just have a nice little chat about something I geek out on on the daily. And I thought I'd just have the mic on for y'all to listen in. Victor Dima, D-I-M-A from Norway, is a gaming consultant with an emphasis in accessibility. Like me, you are also blind, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Totally yeah. blind. There's still some representation here on the program. What would you say, like, right off the bat, um, if we had to break 2023 down, um, for people and give them like just a little a little sample of what kind of the highlights were for 2023. Well, what sort of stands out to you? The first thing uh, our listeners need to understand about me is the fact that I haven't been blind all my life. I'm blind for like 10 years. The last game that I was able to play and finish on my own was the original The Last of Us in 2013. And the first game that I was able to play and finish on my own as a totally blind gamer was The Last of Us Part Two. Oh wow, and that's uh, a circle. What, right 2020, there. yeah, yeah, it, it is a circle. Uh, uh, before going blind, I I played The Last of Us like uh, a lot of times, you know, like five or six times. So I I know that game by heart, of course. And uh, being able to just play the second game. It was uh, a dream come true, you know. And the fact that we get the second game now with all the audio descriptions and haptics uh, in just uh, less than two months, right? One month. It's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so uh, I've been a gaming journalist since uh, 2010. And I covered video games from then until now. And um, I'm still doing that from both my perspective as a totally blind gamer and from the perspective of my wife, who has absolutely no problem with her vision. 
So we are playing video games together and I review them from both perspectives. That's what draws me so much to your blog. Um, mm, is you mm. get like a dual perspective of yourself and your yeah, wife. I I love that. I love that I'm able to do that. And I'm, I I know that uh, those that read my blog love that as well. Uh, you asked about my highlight for 2023. So there are a few games that I truly love and I will tell you about them. But my highlight was the fact that uh, Turn 10 Studios uh, alongside Xbox and uh, our, I think, mutual friend, Brandon Cole, yeah, managed to to release the Forza Motorsport uh, racing video game that blind people are able to play, <laughs> and they do it quite well. So that that's the highlight. That that's the revolutionary thing that happened this year. That's blind amazing. driving <laughs> for yeah. for gamer. That, that's incredible. You know that uh, he. Uh, I always say, if you want to hire the best accessibility blind accessibility consultant, just hire Brandon because. He delivered, dude. He really delivered. The Last of Us Part 1, The Last of Us Part 2, Mortal Kombat uh, 1 with uh, Carlos, right? With Carlos Vasquez. Yep. And uh, now we have Forza, so there are four games. And he's already confirmed for As Dusk Falls, the PlayStation version that's coming in March, April. I I love that game. I love that game. And now we will have audio descriptions and uh, haptics on on the PlayStation. So... Yes, of course. Hire Brandon. If you don't hire Brandon, hire me or hire you. <laughs> you know, so there are options. And so Forza Motorsport, first and foremost, uh, revolutionary, incredible, wonderful. It should be the staple for any upcoming racing games from now on. But as I as I said in uh, what twenty twenty came the Last of Us Part Two, I think yeah twenty twenty I think. Oh man, so uh, long ago already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was a revolutionary step, and this is another one. First, we had AAA game fully accessible for the blind. Now we have AAA racing game fully accessible for the blind. Uh, God of War Ragnarok with Valhalla uh, DLC released yesterday for free for everyone who owns the game. I've always heard about God of War, even going back to my days of just like watching G four mm. and thinking, yeah. man, I wish I could play that game. And you know, you can play that game. Now, yeah, but before back, yeah. that, like there's so many games from that franchise, so that's amazing. What is that gameplay like? I haven't picked it up yet. Brutal, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bloody, gory, awesome. <laughs> I received Ragnarok with one month before the actual release mm-hmm. and uh, giving feedback back to Santa Monica Studio uh, alongside uh, Brandon mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was able to finish God of War Ragnarok with uh, Alina, my wife, helping me four times. And, and I, when I say helping, it's like three seconds to finish a puzzle. Okay, that's it. So just because uh, I want to give people transparency yeah. into what it's like yeah. gaming from our perspective, is four times like a good number? <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. Okay. It's like having absolutely no problem. I mean, the fact that I was able to play the entire game and finish it. It was a wonderful experience for me because it was the first AAA open world like action adventure game that I was able to finish after going blind. Uh, fun fact: I played all the God of War uh, games before this one uh, and finished them all, excepting the twenty what eighteen, the initial mm-hmm. reboot of the game. Okay, that one I it's not accessible for me and didn't have all the, these wonderful accessibility options in it. 
And uh, as I said yesterday, the um, uh, Valhalla DLC came out. It is as accessible as the original game. So there are things that work and there are other things that don't work. We have menu narration that works okay, all the navigation assist, sound cues for uh, battles, enemies attacking, dodging, rolling, and that it is in there. But uh, the skills and uh, weapon paths and stuff like that uh, and uh, weapon upgrades are not narrated. Of course, you can just uh, uh, keep uh, X pressed and they will automatically upgrade. So it's not a big problem. We we knew this is what it will happen and that it is. So I think the, the experience is accessible as a whole. And, and you know, let's let's step back for people listening who might not um, have such a an insight into accessible gaming, I wanted to quickly explain the the types of of uh, adaptations that are out there mm. for people. So, of course, for you and I, we're blind players. Yeah. Lately, there's a pl- proliferation of audio description for cutscenes. We we have things like aim assists, right? Where you yeah, you know, lock on games. target. Yeah, yeah lock, lock on, on target. target. What yeah, are some of the other ones. Uh... So we have we we definitely need uh, navigation assist. That means when we press a button, the camera turns th- towards the current objective. So that's how we make our way through the level or through the game. We have uh, assist for puzzles. That means uh, exactly like the target uh, lock works. It means that when we are handle the puzzle, when we lock on target we lock on the first option for that puzzle and so on and so forth. That's how we finish the puzzle. Other things that we need are the sound cues. Sound cues for, for example, when we are attacked by an enemy from behind, we have a specific sound cue and we know to dodge. We have uh, Ragnarok, it's absolutely fantastic because we know exactly uh, if we need to dodge or if we need to block or if we need to uh, do a light attack or a hard attack, heavy attack. Okay, so that's wonderful what they did there. Of course, sound cues for picking up stuff from around the world. Other accessibility options that are super good for totally blind players is like to have an option to auto pick up everything around you. And yeah, yeah, audio descriptions, as you said, that that's something new that's uh, making it's making itself known in the gaming space because we have the audio descriptions tracks on Netflix, HBO, and everything, you know. So. Mm Uh, now we also have this for um, for video games. And now my wife uh, loves to just look at me playing the video game and experiencing from this point of view because I'm the one who usually spends time on the on the side looking at her, uh, not looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you got the idea. My experience yeah. too is watching yeah, you know, them but, play the game. Yeah, but now you know we, we can show them some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Some God of War brutality, rage from Kratos. And Vengeance will be mine. <laughs> <laughs> some of those, like mm-hmm. some of those considerations, are just part. Aren't even necessarily accessibility. They're just good game design that make the universal game design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, universal design. Yeah, it's wonderful for people with limited vision, low vision, as they call, as we call them. We need the larger text, the larger sub, uh, subtitles, larger UI elements, user interface elements. Uh, of course. All sorts of filters, like for uh, high contrast, high color, invert color, uh, subtitles, backgrounds, a lot of stuff. So <laughs> we can we can talk a few hours on this. The idea of universal design and it permeating video games 
it's it's becoming almost like companies are criticized when they don't start to consider disabilities specifically in the gaming space one example i saw this year in particular that resonated with me was the game starfield, starfield. yeah 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 that, i loved you on that starfield <laughs> first of all um do you can you kind of start your destiny if you're not blind film <laughs> <laughs> get, get me up to speed on starfield were you excited for the title before like when it was initially announced and were you one of the people waiting for the accessibility updates that basically never came yeah I, I I love science fiction. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Uh, I I love Mass Effect. I I was fortunate enough to be able to play the the trilogy while I was still uh, sighted. So I I would have loved for the game to have been accessible, but I somehow knew it wouldn't be because Bethesda did not communicate transparently with the accessibility community on this. Why was that? Why weren't they transparent? If, I mean, even their parent company I don't know. is accessibility-minded. Yeah, Xbox. We are talking about Xbox here. I think, although uh, the parent company is there, I think Bethesda still does some things on their own. You know, uh, they have a, their way of doing stuff, and I, I don't believe that Xbox can go in there and do something about it uh, less than just uh, someone from Xbox picking up the phone and shooting a message to someone from Bethesda and telling them to, we need to step on this and do something better with accessibility, you know. And Starfield is such a huge game uh, and I think it took a lot of years to develop. And they didn't take into consideration accessibility, you know. Uh, the thing with accessibility, you cannot just put it on top most of the time, and especially not in such a game, you know, because there are so many systems in place there that if you want to shovel in accessibility, just shove it in there, you know, you will not be able to do it because everything else around it will just break down and fall apart. The lack of the lack of communication, that's unpardonable. No, 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 inexcusable. The, they could have just, I, I think they said, we have larger subtitles or something, larger fonts. They, they said something about it's not, it was just one option. You know, but now they are asking for feedback uh, to their email. I think it's accessibility at uh, BethesdaSoftworks.com or something. That people interested can uh, search for the accessibility uh, email and send feedback, feedback to, to Bethesda on this. Of course, we did. A lot of us did. Uh, the game will get uh, mod support next year, I understand. So maybe people from the accessibility committee will be able to, to make it more accessible. But the fact that the game is not accessible for a large uh, number of disabilities, that's a big problem. It's not just me and you that we are blind. And we know blind accessibility is very hard, probably as hard as creating accessible experiences for people with uh, limited mobility. And when I say limited mobility, I'm not talking about uh, being able to move their hands. I'm talking about people that uh, need to control games with uh, eye control, you know, and voice control and stuff like that. That's also super hard to do. It's a good game, I understand. Uh, my wife played it for a few hours after that. Um, I dare say better things came along so. <laughs> you know, we got Spider-Man on uh, on PlayStation, and that's yeah. another game that I want to talk to you about. Marvel yes, Spider-Man Two. It's only on PS Five, correct? 
Yeah, but if you have a like super good PC, probably if you wait one year, one year and a half, you will get it on PC. Oh, well. you know, it's on because... my wish list, my friend, for for the holiday. What the PS Five? A PS Five. I I have so many games that I want to play. Um, okay, but, uh, get it then. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Yeah, you know, it's 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 hassle free. Spider Man. It's a wonderful game. It's uh, mostly accessible for us as blind players. We have because we have navigation assist. Uh, the game should receive uh, audio descriptions and text to speech this month but with b u t big letters okay caps <laughs> but there is always a but and you know everything before the but uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, the navigation assist is broken is the same navigation assist from not broken imprecise Okay. Oh, no. what do so you mean? when you are when you are in uh, closed spaces, mm -hmm. it does not work. It just gets you in the general um, vicinity of a place, general location, you know, area. But it won't point you directly to where you need to go. And since we don't have audio cues that guide us to where we need to go and press a specific interact uh, button, we uh, there are. Uh, places where we get stuck as blind. I don't think anything will change with the accessibility update this month because that will only bring audio descriptions and text-to-speech. But of course, this year we had Diablo, which was uh, quite a nice surprise from an accessibility standpoint. We have a blind friend who played the game and managed to finish it. And he posted that he finished Diablo as a totally blind gamer in the same day when I uh, posted my review and I said that could cannot be done. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it was super fun. You know, I, I'm super happy for him. You know, it shows that uh, when someone is truly loves something, they will just try to 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 play it. You know, that, that's my case, for example, with Final Fantasy 16 this year. Final Fantasy 16, I was able to play like, I think I'm, I have 15 hours in the game. And uh, that's quite a lot. And that's a super powerful example of uh, universal design done right. Because we have some kind of a navigation assist that's also like in Spider-Man. So it will get you in the general area. But I love that game so much that I'm willing to uh, stumble around in the dark. <laughs> like it's uh, until I, I find where I need to go. But the and the the map, it's a map that you need to to travel with travel points. It's uh, super complicated because we don't have text to speech in Final Fantasy, but we have like super short vibration feedback on the dual sense when we are on a point where we can travel and that's enough for blind people we press there <laughs> you know we 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 move the cursor on the map and when we find the vibration we go the back there and press the button and we voila we are traveling another game that i love this year is uh, hogwarts legacy and i'm sad that it didn't get the recognition it deserved especially at the game awards and uh that game has the one of the best text-to-speech functionalities because th that's what you said. Accessibility for the blind, it's hard. It, it's not in all the games, you know. And we take what we can from where we can, <laughs> and that's that's me this year. You know, I love the gameplay in Spider-Man, super rewarding. I love the text-to-speech in Hogwarts Legacy, super rewarding. I love Forza, it's wonderful, you know. So we we had 
multiple experiences, but uh, just a few of them were like super accessible, completely accessible. Let's say, you know, Mortal Kombat, wonderful oh, man. game. I, I, yeah. love, I, I love Mortal. I, I'm playing Mortal Kombat since I was like a kid. Okay, yeah, I'm me too. Forty I'm years old, memorizing 40 the years combos old. and and doing. Yeah, all yeah. That. yeah. I, I don't even. I, if I want, I I can uh, try that. But usually, I just try to pull them off. You know, it's like, and and the the campaign. It's so cinematic and so nicely described by descriptive video works. Yeah, with audio descriptions, it's wonderful. Yeah. One of the uh, the things that I I really um, was happy to see this year was mm. uh, companies like Sony and Xbox mm. really mm. taking an interest in um, adaptive controllers. So just recently, yeah. we've seen reviews for uh, Leonardo, the Sony controller. Uh, yeah, it was called Project Leonardo. Now, officially, it is called uh, the PlayStation Access Controller. I love it because somebody told me, um, and this was a description from a sighted friend. Mm -hmm. They said mm -hmm. they called it Project Leonardo because it basically looks like a turtle. There's yeah. so many different swaps. Yeah, it buttons. does. I yes, love it. it. Does. I love yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to the Ninja yeah. Turtles fan over at Sony, whoever yeah. whoever you Teenage are. We see you. Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we and know, we know. You've gotten to uh, demo one of them on your blog. Um, the, was it the Xbox controller that you got to look no, at? No, it, it, it's it's the PlayStation. It was Access a PlayStation. Controller. I actually uh, reached out to PlayStation Norway and asked them to send me the PlayStation Portal for review because it's something that I love. You know, to, to have a small console to just uh, carry around in the house and play games from wherever I want and uh, stuff like that. And they said, yeah, we send you that, but we also are sending you an access controller. And I thought, nice. oh, cool. Right. Nice. Okay. It was with an embargo and stuff like that. So during the weekend, I'm, I uh, I managed to, to play around with both of them and uh, uh, pushed out the review for the access controller. But that's from my perspective. Okay, from the perspective of a person who has no uh, limitation when it comes to what they can do with uh, controllers. You know, I, I love the DualSense, and I especially love the DualSense Edge. I mean, that's my favorite controller, the, the Edge. You know, because it, it, it has the small pedals on the back that allows you to customize and put actions there. And one action that I always put there is the navigation assist, because instead of just pressing uh, L3 or R3, to to turn the camera towards the current objective, I just press one of the buttons behind, you know, the one on the right usually. Yeah, so back to the access controller, it's something that I really hope uh, our friends in the accessibility community will be able to use in combinations with uh, what are called switches and other stuff. Now I'm speaking with my, uh, my colleague from EasySurf. He needs... Um, super complicated not so advanced not complicated controls in order to play video games something that he uh, something that he will be able to use with his mouth to press buttons with his mouth oh, nice. and of course yeah and of course uh, uh, voice control and eye control because we were about to talk uh, about uh, stuff like this you know so that's what he needs, you know. And I, I asked him, dude, I can send you this controller. You can try it out, and uh, we will see if I, I'm going to do that. But for for uh, this controller, I think it's better for people with uh, some kind of mobility in their hands or reduced mobility in their hands or feet. You know, that's how you can customize this 
know, someone asked me yesterday on the YouTube video if they can use this controller to play Resident Evil, and I was, hmm, maybe you can uh, with just one hand. That was the thing. They said they had an accident, and uh, maybe they can use it with just one hand. I was, yes, you, you can, because there are profiles that you can switch with one button. And let's say we take the left part of the controller, okay? You can use that both as the left part to turn the character, and after that, you change the profile by pressing one button and use the same hand to use the right part to turn the camera. So that's how I, I think they, they can play Resident Evil. So yeah, it's it's a wonderful controller. We need more of these initiatives on the market and of course, accessories for them. And we will see, I, hopefully more and more people will be able to play video games and discover video games. Because let's be honest, most people that live with a disability uh, if they are not as connected as we are and they are not part of the of a community, they don't even realize that they can play video games. Raise awareness. We need exactly. to raise awareness. And we need to raise this awareness also to the developers because they don't realize they can do that. And it's getting you so know? much easier for them to do it. That's the thing. Like It used to be so difficult for them to, for example, mm. describe things. Not only is audio description now, like you said earlier, becoming a standard that everybody... Mm. I mean, at this point, it's like if a series doesn't have audio description, they're going to get right. Yeah, we are talking here about entertainment movies and stuff like that. Yeah, for video games, it will take some time. (laughs) Yeah, but do you think that that same kind of, um, I I guess, stigma or social standard, do you think that will eventually also transcend over to video games? Yeah, of course. I have no doubt on that. I believe that gaming, the gaming industry is accessible. And what all the developers and publishers need to understand is the fact that according to the latest report from Microsoft, I'm saying Microsoft, I'm not saying a shady corporation or something, I'm saying Microsoft, okay? Microsoft says that currently it is estimated that we have 450 million disabled and impaired gamers in the world, 450 million. Now imagine okay. how much a video game costs, right? 60 US, mm. $60 US. One 70. Imagine... Don't say six. there are no more 60. <laughs> imagine 70. One, yeah, 70 yeah. at minimum, yeah. right? I've seen those prices. Yeah. Imagine yeah, just yeah. one of each of those people buys a game or half of those people buys a game. You know what I mean? Like that's no, no, just no, good no. business. Dude, sense. dude, imagine 1%. What's 1% of 429 for 450 million? 1%. Oh, yeah, I have no idea, but I'm sure it's a big number. What? It it's 4.5 million. <laughs> hey Victor, right? I took I learned yeah. math in the US education system, so I have no idea. Okay, it's 1%. 10% <laughs> is 45 million. 1% is 400 uh, uh 4.5 million. 0 1% it's 450,000 people. That's incredible. That's still a good number for a That's game, still especially if you are an indie developer. Okay. Thank you for breaking it down like that. Yeah, I mean that's that's great. Yeah. So it, they they need to understand if you create accessible experiences, we will purchase them, and you need to start as early as possible before the alpha phase. When when you break down the the idea between the the studio, bring in an accessibility consultant, two, three, five of them, make them part of the team, and your game will be a success. Absolutely. You're right. And yeah. and I wish yeah. somebody would give that same speech to our friends over at Nintendo. Because Victor, this 
this i live in a switch house all right we've got a switch my fiance loves to get her game on she loves her plants versus zombies and her mario karts yeah, yeah. um i bought my own game the aew mm -hmm. wrestling game that came out a couple of months ago and mm -hmm. i think i've only picked it up about one time a because mm -hmm. I mean, I've played wrestling games in the past, so I know the score, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm used to counting yeah. the clicks and finding my character mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. but yeah. Um, just the lack of screen reader support at all on Nintendo is uh, such a bummer to me. I, I did like, I think three months every day. I ran the hashtag uh, text to speech for the Switch <laughs> on Twitter for all on all the Nintendo posts, nothing, but I don't believe that the Switch can handle text-to-speech at this moment. Really? What we can hope... Yeah, I don't think... It's an old console. Come on, dude. Now it's almost no life in it. You know, it's it's old. And uh, what I think and I hope is the fact that they will introduce text-to-speech uh, with the next console that it is rumored to come out next year, okay? Next year, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, that's those are the rumors. Okay, let's say it's not 2024, it's 2025. Even better, make it more powerful. Put in a nice text-to-speech software on it. Implement that in your games. Uh, you know the, the language in Nintendo games, I understand it's called animalese. When they are, you know, they are talking like that. <laughs> and uh, implement text-to-speech on that because it's not like you cannot do that because you have text on the screen. Okay, it's super easy to do that, especially with your own game. The, the thing with Nintendo is that they have a lot of first-party games, and there's inexcusable not to have uh, text-to-speech and stuff like that for new games. Okay, another thing we, we talked about Bethesda earlier when they are a publisher, but we are talking about Nintendo, which are both the publisher and the producer of consoles, hardware. Their lack of communication when it comes to accessibility, especially for blind people, it's not okay. And that's the thing that I always come back to, because what got me into the accessibility industry was the frustration mm. that I couldn't do my work. You know, I couldn't do my job. But then yeah. I started finding people like yourself and Brandon who are, you know, obviously you guys work and do that thing, but you guys are advocating for the other part. We also yeah. want to be able to play. You know, one thing seems to be moving forward and one is not moving quite as forward. I really do hope at some point very soon we see both of these pastimes work and play and accessibility respect kind of fall into lockstep yeah of course we that's that's our hope also we want as many accessible experiences as possible and the sooner the developers and publishers understand the fact that if they create an accessible experience those 450 million players that i was talking to you about earlier will probably purchase their game you know, uh, it was a very nice talk at uh, the Gaming GA Conf, Gaming Accessibility Conference. Sadly, I don't remember who said it, but they said the only reason why a player will not play your game is that they are not is interested in it, not because they can't. Okay? So that should be. All games should be accessible, and uh, we should have the agency to pick and choose what we want, not play everything that's out there just because it's accessible. You know, and we talked about like AAA games, but I want to actually, I need to give a shout out to Brock the Investigator. Oh, I love that and, game. And, and Stories of Blossom. Both games are absolutely awesome. We have audio descriptions, scene descriptions, 
easy to pick up controls. It the, both of them are super nice, and I really hope that people will just try to experience them. You know, and I think Brock both. I think both Brock and Toys of Blossom have demos, right? I think they they do. I don't well, know if Brock Steam. does, but I, I, Stories of Blossom does for sure. I think it does. I think Brock does also. Or they uh, he had a trial version or something like that. Yeah, no, that Brock is a very fun game and uh, very well. And Brock very got accessibility after release. Okay. Really? Yeah, accessibility. Yes, Brock is on, on, on the market for, for quite some time now. I, don't know, I think one year and something, one year and a half or something like that. And the developer... Uh, Cowcat games, I think I'm saying this okay. Cowcat, something like that. They added accessibility for it later, after release, and immediately after releasing the accessibility patch, uh, they posted on on uh, then Twitter that the uh, sales are off the roof. I mean, usually they had like I think they said that they had like five or uh, six uh, units a week, so one unit a day, let's say. And after that, they, they just got there, had like 80 units or something like that. So yeah, just talking about accessibility, and that kept up for some time. <laughs> Let's wrap things up by talking about what we are looking for in 2024 with respect to gaming. We already talked about the new Switch coming out, and hopefully that they implement some sort of text-to-speech functionality on there. Um, one other both, in the, both in the operating system and in the games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and the thing that I think everybody in gaming has been talking about for the last week or so, of course, is the uh, GTA 6 trailer that came out. Are you a Grand Theft Auto that, guy? That's 20... in the past? I am. I am. I played Grand Theft Auto when I wasn't supposed to, so <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. I, I, I'm playing GTA since, the, since 96, okay? The, the, I think the 96 or 97 is the first game. Uh, and I, I was laughing my ass off uh, a few days ago because people were, oh, no, female protagonist in GTA 6 for the first time in history. Okay, what his, what's your history? Because in the first GTA, we had three playable female characters. <laughs> okay, but they are too young to know that. But uh, they have something. Uh, Rockstar considers GTA from GTA 3 above because that's when they purchased the license. Gotcha. So, yeah. What are your thoughts for accessibility when it comes to Grand Theft Auto? Do you think there's going to be any any substantial features for players of any ability? I don't know. But uh, Rockstar does something really interesting that I don't think that many people uh, noticed. We have the option to skip a checkpoint if we cannot go past that checkpoint. If you fail a checkpoint, I think, five times, you will get the message that do you want to skip this checkpoint? And you can hit yes, and you are on the next checkpoint. And that's universal design done right from I think GTA Four, from the first Red Dead Redemption. Okay, that's accessibility there. That's universal design there. That's a great example. You know? Because yeah, it, it's wonderful. It's just there, you know. And the fact that maybe you cannot drive a car, but if you are in the city, you can call a cab under the cab or, or or wave to a cab to come to you. And you can just get in the back seat of the cab and it will drive you to your destination. Unless that's like you need to be with someone else and rob a bank or something like that. But most of the time you can get to destinations by, by taxi. That's universal design. All right, again. You know, so GTA, the uh, Rockstar, it's Rockstar, it's Rockstar. 
they are rock stars. They are doing some really interesting stuff with the games. And I guess that they noticed uh, the accessibility movement current renaissance. And hopefully they will do something. It's a huge game. It's in development probably for six or seven or ten years <laughs> since they, they released the GTA five, you know. So yeah, it's crazy how you know, I, I think I, I didn't check the trailer today, but I checked it like two days after it was released and it had one hundred twenty million views on YouTube. I've I've been digging into it, into the hype, yeah. and the hype is so mm -hmm. huge. I've heard people say things like it's going to be the biggest release of the 2020s. It's rumored that the game costs, uh, will cost, end up to cost Rockstar $2 billion. So you bet. And it's okay. just my hope that there is some accessibility consideration put into it, only because mm -hmm. it is going to be the biggest game of the decade. And if that biggest game of the decade has some sort of accessibility built in, that's going to be another big win for us. It just in terms of... It, we were talking earlier about creating that industry precedent for that standard. Mm. What a mm. great way to do that, right? With GTA six, if somebody in there is pushing for those accessibility and looking at, but we know for a fact from team. LinkedIn that they hired uh, people for the accessibility team. So we have someone on LinkedIn that works in the accessibility team at uh, Rockstar. So if they so have an have accessibility team, probably yeah, yeah, there is some hope. And, well, I will uh, be looking for that accessibility trailer there, Rockstar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say that louder. <laughs> we send them. A, we, we send them a clip. You, you said about the biggest game. Uh, I believe right now why I think uh, blind gamers are in a fantastic, fabulous position that they never have been uh, before in is the fact that, from my point of view, my favorite games in the industry, favorites. Okay. It, uh, I, I love Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog uh, made me feel things that I didn't know I could feel with The Last of Us. And the fact that we have both part one and part two with all the brand new accessibility standards and fully playable by blind people. You have the best two games ever made accessible for blind. Okay. Then you have Ragnarok, which is also 99% accessible, which is also a fantastic game. We have Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter that did awesome things with accessibility this year. We have Diablo. We have uh, Hogwarts Legacy, as I, I told you. Uh, I, I love that game. It has uh, some sort of a navigation assist that works if you pay attention to the sounds. The text-to-speech is wonderful. But with that game, I, I need help uh, a few i will need help all the time while playing it you know uh, i will need uh, to ask alina to help me through some stuff but that's because they didn't uh, consult with an accessibility consultant uh for the entire game actually the, you know brandon has been consulted for um the the, the blind character in uh, hogwarts legacy is modeled after brandon you know oh, they, i didn't they, know that, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brandon got a lot of hate on that. Man, because that guy said, is uh, I, We are not going into that. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon is everywhere, yeah. He's got a, he's got a uh, book so, coming out in 2024, too. Yeah, so no, I, wanna, I know. I want to get him on the show for that. We, we play, uh, me and Brandon play Hearthstone together. 
Uh, I managed to beat him twice, but after that he kicked my ass uh, six times <laughs> in a row. So that was okay, you know. But uh, Hearthstone for me this year was uh, one of my one of the highlights. After a long day of work or a, a few hours of uh, trying to learn Norwegian and stuff like that, or uh, researching, I'm just grabbing my MacBook or I'm sitting down at my iMac and just playing that game. I I, I have installed uh, Parallels and uh, Windows 11 on the, on both Macs so that I have Hearthstone at hand anytime I want. <laughs> Amazing. You know, I, I love that game. It's yeah, it's wonderful. And the fact that the uh, community still brings uh, on the accessibility with the access mode, I love them for that. And I thank them for that from the bottom of my heart. Oh, you my know, gosh. Yeah, I'm working wonderful. on a piece right now for early 2024 um, that I, mm. I talked to Antoine and uh, Key was full and um, just talking to them about the development process of the mod. And mm. I just really want to give yeah. them their flowers uh, in, a, in a big yeah. way because those yeah. guys, those, those two guys, and then a, a, just a little community of, of other people mm -hmm. who have a little time mm -hmm. on their hands are yeah. making this AAA mainstream title accessible to a group of people for no money yes. they're not they're not getting paid anything no, and it's no. just, and, and the uh, same thing and the same thing with World of Warcraft. you know there's the mod for World of Warcraft that makes it accessible we're coming up on time and I really want to thank you so much for, for taking time and, and talking to me. Um, and it sounds like anytime you want, it sounds like we anytime get along pretty well. So I, I can't wait to have you yeah. back. I'm always happy to talk accessibility and to raise awareness. And, uh, since this is uh, December, happy holidays to everyone, but most of all to our friends in the accessibility community and huge thanks to you and to everyone who raises awareness about accessibility and to those wonderful people like Brandon, Carlos, and everyone else who does something to make games accessible. I'll have a link to Victor's website and blog in the show notes. And we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get Lewis back in here and we're going to share our wins and fails from the week and accessibility. All right, before we send you on your merry way for the weekend, we wanted to go over our big wins and fails for the week in accessibility. Lewis, why don't you go ahead and get us started? The win that uh, we chose this week is TalkBack 14.1. TalkBack is the flagship screen reader for Android. And in this release, um, there are improvements to image descriptions, Braille, and keyboard. Uh, Des, have you been playing with this uh, update at all? And what are your thoughts on it? Um, it, it took me a, a while to get the image description and the icon description libraries installed. I think they were being very slow about the rollout there. And every time I tried to get the download going, it would fail on me. So I finally got those going. And you know what? I got to tell you, I'm not noticing a difference at all. It's like the same thing as before. I... What I'm anticipating getting from image descriptions as a blind user is that when I'm on the description, I just hear what it is. Right now, the expected behavior on TalkBack is you're going to arrive at an unlabeled image. If you then decide that you care enough to interact with the image, you're going to use your gesture to activate the TalkBack menu, which you can map. So I don't remember if this is the default, but mine is to swipe up, then right. And then you open up the menu and choose to describe the image. I find the image descriptions have been pretty poor um, when I've been using uh, images of text to just to kind of read read through things that I come across on LinkedIn or Twitter. And I'm just, yeah, I'll just 
I have to be honest and say I'm not super thrilled with what I've seen so far with regards to image descriptions. And um, I feel especially disappointed about that because I had to boot up my iPhone this morning, actually, and do some testing on there for a client. And I love the image experience on there. It's wonderful to just land on an image and at least hear an approximated idea of what your finger is on without having to dive in and into menus just to figure that out. For Braille users, um, for folks who are using Braille displays, a auto scrolling feature has been added so people didn't don't have to uh, press the panning buttons to go forward and backwards if they uh, don't uh, like to do that. Um, Braille screen input on Android now supports up to 47 languages and and new commands. You got new commands to 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 edit, select, spell check. Okay, so remember remember we were critical about that and um how you can't actually spell check your stuff when you're typing in Android and how remember, you know how easy it is, right? You make a mistake on iOS, you just swipe up or down and it like gives you the next autocorrect suggestion. You don't even have to leave the keyboard, right? Correct. I have to play with it a little bit more. There's some different philosophies on how to get into the spell checker you have to flick left or right with three fingers and then you're put into the mode and you can then execute this whole new layer i think of it kind of like when you use um jaws and you do jaws key and space and it puts you like in a whole new context layer of commands that you can use i hope i hope that convinces you to get back on android and give it another shot bud Android uh, is becoming uh, more and more of a viable solution. So, so really glad when you're seeing this. And they're not leaving keyboard users out of the out of the update love as well. Um, keyboard users now can assign um, shortcut keys. So, for example, uh, for common actions such as uh, copy the last spoken phrase uh, to the clipboard or to show and hide screens, you can. Um, as, assign those uh, actions to to certain keys on your keyboard now, if you so wish. So as the accessibility model on Android improves, it's going to be a lot harder for me to justify staying on iOS and paying $900, $1,000 every year for a phone. And I'm sure for many of our listeners, Android is becoming a... A more uh, a more attractive prospect as well. So if you are switching to Android and you want to tell us about it, please get in touch. And then let me give you real quick my fail for the week. Get some negativity out of the way so we can all have a good weekend. I have um, been posting some blog content over to delgadioaccess.com slash blog. One thing that I've learned that I am in love with to create these blogs is that chat GPT can take unstructured data and put it into a table. So I got the idea of doing some tutorials and using shortcuts for Braille, for NVDA, for JAWS, and just creating a really easy to read blog with tables, a table of contents, all sorts of ways to learn Shortcuts, big SEO win for me and big way for anybody who wants to learn to just jump in and learn. So I thought it was a win-win. I go in and create all of these tables and docs and paste them into WordPress. Lo and behold, when you try to publish these tables in WordPress, 
They don't render accessibly at all. So you don't have uh, the cells defined. You don't have the rows defined. Um, you don't even know that you're looking at a table when you're reading this content. So big fail from WordPress. I don't know what's going on on their end, rendering tables inaccessibly, unless the only workaround I've, I've found so far, and you can see how well that's going since I have not posted any tables on the website, is putting them one by one, going row by row, column by column in the native WordPress editor, which is accessible, but you're adding so much more. You're like, you're adding like another hour of time if you have some large tables that ChatGPT can just spit out for you. You spend 10 minutes fixing them in docs. I should have a whole ebook by now, I think, of instructional content. Um, and it's not there because WordPress dropping the ball. So if any devs listening know what I'm doing wrong, but I I have a sneaking suspicion it's just WordPress or my theme or both, let me know. And um, I would love to write this fail off and turn it into a win, but I just can't do that right now. And that's it for this week. Negativity done. Let's have a great weekend, everybody. Lewis, say goodbye to the nice people. Stay classic. Time for the credits. The research was done by myself and Lewis Doe. The music was produced by Kevin McLeod and is called Rollin' at Five, thanks to Incompetech.com. The statements and opinions expressed on this podcast are personal and do not reflect the views or policies of our employers, partners, or other associated third-party entities.